Was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except for the actors of your favorite holiday TV movie. I can't believe it's already Christmas. It feels like just yesterday. It was 1985. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen your wardrobe. It's still 1985. <laughs> no, I get, I get, but I have seen your Spotify wrapped and I know you haven't listened to any new music since at least 1981. It's true, but come on, no current billboard artist can top the velvet pipes of Melissa Manchester though. <laughs> <laughs> but that does remind me of one of my favorite Christmas carols, Manchester's Roasting Over an Open Fire. <laughs> Not away in a Manchester? <laughs> oh, God. Actually, no, it's God rest ye merry gentle Manchester. <laughs> oh, they're <No>. getting worse. <laughs> they're getting worse. Okay, I promise. Enough puns, enough puns. But Eric, do you have any Christmas wishes this year? Let's see. Hmm, I have two. One, okay. that Kate Jackson of Scarecrow and Mrs. King returns <laughs> to acting. <laughs> okay. And two, for our long lost pop trash podcast, friend Ben Pickard to return to the podcast. I am the ghost of Christmas past and I am also the ghost of Christmas TV movies or maybe Fox Lightner. I don't know. <laughs> what? The host of Christmas past. Oh no, he's no, coming for my job. <laughs> ben, welcome back. Are you ready to discuss some Christmas TV movies? Sure. I, I, I love it. That's what it's all about here. It's the reason for the season. Well, <laughs> I don't know if we'll be three wise men on today's podcast, but grab your eggnog. And let's begin. <laughs> I'm grabbing my eggnog right now. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> Welcome to the Pop Trash Podcast. I'm Eric Griggs. I'm Mike Jones. And I'm Ben Pickard. Who is with us on the Pop Trash playlist on Station Head, if any of you listen to our smashing DJing over there <laughs> on that app. Each episode, we take a pop topic and trash talk it, but with love, of course. Ooh, and as on the first day of Christmas, when my true love gave to me a podcast to talk about pop trash topics. Oh, that sounds like getting coal in your stocking. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's going to be a Christmas miracle if we get through this episode without me making 200 Christmas jokes. Just but 200? You, yeah. <laughs> no, no. But today we are talking Christmas TV movies. And, you know, now today they're ubiquitous. So much so that entire TV channels exist just to show TV movies about Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Boxing Day or Festivus. But... You remember a time, right, when you had to wait all year to catch a glimpse of a Christmas special. And if you missed it, you had to wait an entire year to catch it again. What do you think are the ingredients of a successful Christmas TV movie, successful Christmas TV special? Uh, a successful Christmas movie has to be heartwarming. I mean, it has to pull and tug at the heartstrings and it has to be a family event. Uh, that would be what I would say. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's also... There has to be, and they did a lot in 80s, any 80s and 90s sitcoms too, where you might be a little skeptical, but at one moment, everybody looks at each other and like, wait, could it be? Could that, <laughs> could that actually be? And they hear like sleigh bells or something, and they expect the audience to be like, maybe it is real. Like that yeah. kind of thing. They want you to believe, even if it's just for a second. 
Right. The miracle, some miracle has to happen. Some miracle. Overcoming odds. Yeah. Overcoming odds makes sense to me. I think of it as like how many TV movies exist where the couple that's in love gets stranded, you know, apart Mm -hmm. because of a freak seven foot snowstorm or, you know, like there's like some cynical grizzled neighbor or, Mm -hmm. you know, lost uncle that just hates everything about Christmas. Yeah. It's somebody's duty to warm their heart with, you know, love and hot cocoa and all that. And I guess that's the other thing I would say, which is I think a Christmas TV movie, it has to have the colors. It has to have like, like the vibes of the Christmas music. It has mm-hmm. to have like presents wrapped and like Christmas trees all over. And so mm-hmm. it has to basically feel like a giant Yule log popping out of the television. <laughs> oh, some of these that, that we've discussed are, are a giant Yule log. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one this year, though, is actually um, Lisa Loeb is starring in a Hanukkah movie about a Jewish deli. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. Yeah. And that's maybe like another piece where it's like Christmas TV movies now, I think, bring in stars from not, you know, stars that are still around, but like right. kind of from the past to come in and sort of mm-hmm. like take over and, and charm and bring sort of that nostalgia thing. So whether it's Melissa Joan Hart or Lisa Loeb or whoever, right? It's like these stars from the 70s, 80s, 90s kind of coming to do TV movies um, about Christmas or about Hanukkah or about, you know, sort of the holiday season. And I just think that's part of it, too. All right. Well, before we get into the discussion of today's movies, I do have one last question, just since we're in the Christmas season. Christmas ham or Christmas turkey? Yeah, well, I guess I'd have to say after doing three seasons of this podcast, Christmas ham. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be that ham in a can that like Jamie Lee Curtis, she chases down the road and it gets run over in Christmas with the cranks. Oh, God, I love that movie. When she's like, never say honey baked ham to me again. Let's pivot to the Christmas movies. So obviously there is a wide world of Christmas movies we could pick, but we're honing in on two today. One takes us to 1983 and stars a massively popular sitcom star of the day. And one takes us to 1990 and stars a music icon who we tragically lost this year. So let's get into that time traveling sleigh and hear all about our first movie, the best Christmas pageant ever. Ben, you're on this podcast because I know this is one of your favorite Christmas TV specials in the entire history of Christmas TV specials. So the best Christmas pageant ever, uh, the quick synopsis is there is a lady who has to, and it's the MASH lady, gosh, I forgot her real name. Loretta Swart. Yep. She has to direct a Christmas pageant at the elementary school at the last minute because the normal director got hurt. So she steps in to do it. And all of a sudden, all the the bad kids, the bad family want to be in the Christmas pageant. So everybody's like, oh, this is going to be a huge tragedy. These kids are terrible. All they do is punch people and smoke and they're dirty. And they don't say it, but it seems like they're drinking liquor at like age nine. <laughs> everybody's like, this is going to be a mess. And then in the classic holiday trope, they all pull it together and they do a beautiful job and uh, everybody comes together and they all love them. Honestly, I can't even tell you. I get like when I watch this movie, well, I'll just say it. I cry every time <laughs> about 15 minutes into it when the kids start believing in themselves and believing that they can be in the pageant. 
it's that it's traditional. It's also like nostalgic because I watched it from, mm. you know, when I was like eight. There was an ABC promo for the special. And I loved the the line was, can a cast of holy terrors be turned into little angels in time for the <laughs> annual Christmas play? <laughs> They're learning about the Christmas story because they've never heard it. And the little kid is like, well, what is it about? And the 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 teacher is like, it's about Jesus. And she rolls her eyes and she's like, everything here is. <laughs> and I don't think as a kid, I really appreciated that. But as an adult, I'm like, that's a good line. And then the, the, the girl who becomes Mary, I, she's probably like seven. She's smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah. She's, she's smoking a stogie in the church bathroom and, and just like, sends the fire department. She's like the baby from Who's Framed Roger Rabbit. Like just... Yeah, I, I don't think you could make that out. today. Um, yeah, no, a movie coming out now, and there's a seven-year-old smoking a cigar in the bathroom. <laughs> but yeah, it's just full of stuff like that. It's gold. Now, do you know, do you remember the last name of the bad kids that come rolling in? I do. Uh, I, it's, it's good, and they <laughs> say it a lot. Too, right? Yeah, it's the Herdmans. The Herdmans. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best part about Sunday school? The Herdmans aren't here. <laughs> So the best Christmas pageant ever is based on a book of the same name. And the writer also wrote the screenplay. So did either of you read this book or you just encountered it as a TV movie or special? My mother said that she used to read it to us um, and she laughed so hard all the time she could never make it through the book. I guess it was a McCall's magazine article that was oh. made into a book and it was so wildly popular. It sold like over almost a million copies and... Awesome. The Herdmans come back. There's a sequel. They return, uh, at least in book form, in The Best Halloween Ever and also what? another book, The Best School Year Ever. So I don't know how good those are because apparently not very good because they weren't made into a TV special. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm going to the library tomorrow. And I'm going to start work on The Best Arbor Day Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I also wonder, I mean, this this special is pretty religious and they quote from the Bible. And I mean, the Christmas story is a religious story, but this one really leans into it. And it's about a Christmas pageant and the story. Yeah. And I wonder, like, this is not like the specials of today. I really don't think you could make this today on, on a like a that isn't on like a Christian network that is like on right. one of the big, big three networks or yeah. cap, a major cable network. Yeah, maybe uh, you'd, you'd have to make it be like a Netflix only or something, but I don't like I don't really see it being on like ABC or something. It'd be like a mail order DVD from Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we didn't talk about that I was shocked by when I watched this. So I have to admit, I did not know this thing existed. I had never heard of it. It wasn't actually part of my like Christmas special traditions. Frosty was and Rudolph was and it was the night mm -hmm. before Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, the Muppets, even the California Raisins Christmas. Um, so I just recently watched this and I was shocked that Feruza Bulk is in it. Yeah, it was her me first too. ever acting role. I had to look it up to make oh. sure it was her. And then I was like, what? And so I know her from the craft, right? She's like the the head like witch mm -hmm. in the in oh, the, is craft. That the little girl. Yes, she's yeah. the little oh. girl and kind of like the narrator in parts of this. And she's also Dorothy in the Return to Oz, that weird Ooh. Disney 80s Oz sequel. 
I never knew that. But yeah, Feruza Balk is in this, and I thought that was really wild. And then I guess the other thing I thought was just really interesting that I wanted to bring up about this was, I and we always do this with the TV movies we watch, is we kind of go back to the night that it aired and see what mm. else was on television yeah. that, like that night. And so this originally aired on December 5th, 1983, and it was the lead-in for Monday Night Football, which <laughs> is really funny. <laughs> but I also laugh because running gag that uh, Eric will do his best to tie in Scarecrow and Mrs. King. This special aired opposite Scarecrow and Mrs. King. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder the I episode... hadn't known about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the episode called Sudden Death. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. They're all good. <laughs> how did it do did scarecrow beat it in its time slot? no no oh, I, I demand the, a recount um, the best yeah. christmas pageant ever won its time slot well, completely it, that night yeah i mean it's seasonal heartwarming i yeah. I, I understand yeah this aired from eight to nine at nine on cbs i didn't even know this show existed but the loretta swick connection is really interesting there was apparently a spin-off of mash called after mash (laughs) (laughs) and and it aired on cbs at on mondays at 9 p.m so you could watch loretta swit in the best christmas pageant ever uh, and then see a spinoff of the show she was famous for, MASH. But she was not on, on the... She was not on After MASH. Yeah. No, three other MASH characters were, um, but Loretta Swit was not. Well, that's a great segue into we have a little quiz if you two are uh, willing to play. Mike does not know the answers. He hasn't seen the questions. But Ben, do you think you can defeat our reigning champion in a little quiz we'd like to call Swit Hitters? it's all about loretta swit every question okay well the best part about this quiz is you have the power to play or pass based on if you think you know your loretta swit trivia so all questions have varying degrees of difficulty some have hidden bonuses so ben there are eight questions since you're the guest we'll let you go first you ready to play okay here we go loretta swit is best known for her portrayal of head nurse Major Margaret Houlihan on MASH, whose character had what nickname? (laughs) Hot Lips. That is correct. (laughs) You still have the board, Ben. Uh, Would you like to play or pass? Oh, uh, I'm going to pass. You're going to pass. Okay, question to you, Mike. Over the course of MASH, she won how many Emmy Awards? (laughs) Um... She would have probably been a best supporting actress category, right? For a comedy. I think MASH was considered a comedy. Um, I will say ugh, three. Oh, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. It is two. Oh, so you, this isn't prices right rules that was pretty close. You do not before. you do not have control of the board. Ben, would you like to play or pass? I'm going to play. OK, question three. She took over the role in the TV series from the feature film of MASH, and it was played in the feature film by what actress? So Loretta Swit took over the character in the TV series from what actress? Oh, I I know. I know what she looks like. Well, obviously I know what she looks like because she looks kind of similar to her. Um, I don't know. I want to say Suzanne Somers just because it's, uh, I know it's not Suzanne Somers, but. uh, Is that your uh, answer? Judy Garland. 
That is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> it is Sally Kellerman. So Mike, oh, you have control of the board. Oh, that's just school fame. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we have four questions left. There are eight questions total. This is number four. All right, I'll play this one. All right. Swit was only one of four cast members to stay on MASH for all 11 seasons of the show from 1972 to 1983. Another was William Christopher. Who are the other two? Uh, honestly, the only other cast member I know off the top of my head is Alan Alda. So I will guess Alan Alda. That is correct. Uh, I, I can think, I can see their faces and I can picture their names. I think one of them, wasn't he, wasn't he, uh, um, wasn't he like the police <laughs> sergeant in the TV, or in the movie Dragnet with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd? I do not know. <laughs> oh, that doesn't feel to have things you don't know thrown in. Hey, I get to ask the questions here. <laughs> um, I truly, Alan Alda is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. So I'll say Alan Alda and... Even though I know he was on Happy Days and not MASH, I'm going to say Pat Morita. That is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Jamie Farr. Uh, still okay. one to zero. Question number five. Ben, would you like to play or pass? Uh, let's play. It's fun. All right. In 1981, Swit played the first actress to play a well-known TV character from a long-running and popular show, but she was precluded by contractual obligations from continuing the role. This policewoman would later be played by Meg Foster and Sharon Gless. What is that show? Oh gosh. It's a, did you say it's a famous policewoman? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jake of Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> no, <laughs> but good guess. Mike, would you like to try and steal? Yeah, I, I will. I, I truthfully don't know which character she was, but I would. I know the answer is Cagney or Lacey. Oh. <laughs> that is correct. And the bonus question was, did she play Cagney or did she play Lacey? I am Lacey. I no. I think I, if I remember it, I think Lacey was Tyne Daly always, right? So I think Cagney. She was. I, mean, I would guess Cagney. Okay. But we'll say oh. that's one to one. You're both even. We'll say it's one to one. We're on to question six. Um, Mike, would you like to play or pass? Oh, I'm going to pass this time. Ooh. Okay. Question six to Ben. The best Christmas pageant ever wasn't the only Christmas special that Loretta Swit starred in. 1987 saw her perform in a PBS Christmas special titled what? Oh my gosh. I'm going to go with Scarecrow. No. Um, <laughs> uh, we three wise men. Uh, no, I, I don't even know how to make a guess. No idea. Mike, would you like to steal? I will steal, and again, I only know this because I needed to confirm which special we were talking about today. Uh, it is called uh, either, I think it's The Christmas Calendar, A Christmas Calendar, one of those that, two things. That is correct, A Christmas Calendar, but your first answer was wrong, so you oh, know what it's yeah, honey. So Harsh. Because I had the wrong article. <laughs> so we're still one-to-one. -one. Wow, you are too <laughs> but I'll give you control of the board. Would you like to play or pass, Mike? <laughs> this is question seven, two more questions. All right, I'll play. 
All right. Since we're focusing on made-for-TV movies this season, Swit starred with Barbara Eden in a 1991 made-for-TV thriller drama about a housewife who is simultaneously framed for her husband's murder and terrorized by the deranged woman who killed him. What is the title of that movie? Oh, geez. I have no clue, but why haven't we talked about that this season? I know. Season? Sounds That's great, amazing. right? Sounds really good. <laughs> um, let's see. Start with Barbara Eden. So I'll say it's... um. I dream of murdering genie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Close. It's hell hath no fury. Ah, uh, okay. Of course. <laughs> Strap yourself in. Here's the final question. In 2017, Loretta Swit published a book of her watercolor artistry and animal activism titled what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh... You didn't get that calendar of hers I sent you? No, I, I got lost. Switz, Switz, Switz painting. I got nothing, man. Oh, <laughs> I got sorry, nothing. Incorrect. Mike, do you think you can steal this? I definitely can't. The correct answer is Switheart. Switheart? Switheart, like sweetheart, yes. Oh. oh, I thought it meant like with heart. Like, oh, maybe. Who knows? Ooh, or I mean, it could be sweetheart. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, I mean, you both tied. There are no winners. <laughs> You're so disappointed. Let me <laughs> let me dig into our prize bin and see what you both have won as consolation prizes. Oh, look, it's a lovely autographed photo of Loretta Swit. Yeah. I'll, that. I'll, I'll take that. I'll get that right out to both of you. Uh, who should I make it out to when I autograph that? <laughs> uh, can you make it out to, to whom it may concern? <laughs> yes. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> so we move from the best Christmas pageant ever to 1990s. A Mom for Christmas, starring Olivia Newton-John. Mike, can you give us a little plot summary? Yes, and let's just say you'd have to be a real dummy not to like this movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it is tempting to think that this movie is another sequel in the Mannequin franchise. But no, it exists on its own. So here we go. 11-year-old Jessica is heartbroken because her mom passed away when she was a baby and her dad is a workaholic with little time. So what does she do? She makes a Christmas wish for a mother and lo and behold, a department store mannequin played by Olivia Newton-John comes <laughs> to life with the help of an angel named Philomena, played by Doris Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> but Olivia Newton-John comes to life as this mannequin who worms her way into Jessica's life and wows her workaholic father. But of course, you know, every wish has its limits, and this mannequin can only be Jessica's mom until Christmas Eve. Unless, of course, the magic of Christmas says otherwise. Yeah, you've captured it beautifully. It really is a mannequin Christmas. With just a Nothing's little... going to stop us now. <laughs> <laughs> it also has like a, a spirit of Mary Poppins in it. Did, did you get that? I, I yeah, feel like... well, because the mannequin, when Olivia Newton-John comes to life, she takes over this character that's kind of like Australian nanny. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange. And so there is a, yeah, there's like a bit of Mary Poppins or Fran Drescher is the name, right? It's like just Olivia Newton-John's version coming in to like rescue the kids. But I believe this was like a wonderful world of Disney movie, correct? Because mm -hmm. it, it, it has now gotten like a, 
fans were clamoring for it. If you really loved this movie, you wanted this movie, and they finally relented and and made it like part of the Disney Movie Club, where they mailed special DVDs. So you had to like mail away, or you had to be part of the club to get this, which is amazing. <laughs> like, the, like the pressure, like the guys are in like the board meeting making this decision. <laughs> people are knocking down the door, man. We got to give the people what they want. Release it from the vaults. Release it from the vaults. I mean, it started off strong with, as you mentioned, Doris Roberts is kind of like an an angel figure and yeah. she runs to the like back of the Bloomingdale, basically whatever store it is back room as they're throwing mannequins in the dumpster and there's a Santa mannequin and she, yeah. she saves him from the garbage crusher. And, and she's like, you owe me one, Nick. <laughs> I'm just glad that, you know, Doris Roberts chose a mannequin that had a head. There was a scene in the middle where the Santa mannequin who came to life, he like gets dismembered and has to get put together by a car, right? Yeah, they, they do like this little Christmas seance over his dismembered <laughs> yeah. body and it comes <laughs> back together. It, it was really wild. Ho, ho, ho. I like this movie. What's funny, though, is watching it now. So I watched it when it first came out in like 1990. But rewatching it now, it, it is a little like cheeseball in, in ways that make it charming, I guess. But also, I think because Christmas TV movies have gotten better at doing this trope, right? Mm, the the mm. kid who misses their parents or the father who's distant and doesn't have time to give to their children or, you know, the family that's gone through some tragic loss but gets some magic of Christmas. They've just gotten better at telling the story. And so this one now feels a little bit like, I don't know, like kind of like junior varsity level. But did you know that this film marked uh, Olivia Newton-John's television film debut? And yes, it was her so first appearance in seven years since Two of a Kind in 1983, which as a kid, I was obsessed with that movie. And it showed up on HBO Now recently. I rewatched it. It was her, like reteaming her with John Travolta since oh, Greece. Cool. Everybody was so excited. Um, She has that amazing um, mullet haircut that was just yep. like, oh, everybody wanted it. Uh, I wanted it. I probably had it. I don't know where I was going with that, but I love that movie. <laughs> you know, she also curses in that movie, though. She says dirty words because oh. Two of a Kind is like an adult movie, right? Nice. And, and right. so after Two of a Kind, which kind of flopped, didn't it? It wasn't. It did. It was not a hit. Yeah, it, it kind of ended things. They were going to do like a a third reteaming with with Travolta and Olivia, and it didn't happen because of it. Well, you know, the be key to really this movie being great and to you liking it is you just you have to believe we are magic. And then, <laughs> and then it works. You do the magic of Christmas. And so it's touching actually to talk about Olivia Newton John because she passed away just recently. Mm -hmm. Is one of I think those big celebrities that we all grew up with that like their passing is like a real moment of like pop culture inflection. And it was really nice watching her again in this, just being reminded of how lovely a personality she was. Because I think yeah. we all grew up right with Greece, with Xanadu. Um, you watched two of a kind, Eric, kind of, <laughs> but like, and of course all the music. And so for me, it was just this really nice reminder of like, oh, she was really like, yeah, what you do, magical for our yeah. culture. I guess what I'm wondering is why do you think she didn't become such a like dominant film star in the 80s? I mean, she had Grease, which was the biggest mm -hmm. hit of 1978, probably one of the biggest hits of, you know, the 20th century in film. Yeah. 
Like, what do you think went wrong? The amount of times I've watched Grease is like uncountable because our our neighbors had it on VHS and my sisters loved it. I've seen that movie so many freaking times. Um, and she's likable. So my theory based on nothing is maybe she didn't want to be. Maybe she wanted to pull mm. back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe um, nobody wanted to deal with her weird Aussie accent. Got to be one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of you going to like the video store in the 80s and like looking around at all the different movies. And then you finally get to Greece and you go, ah, you're the one that I want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that every summer night. <laughs> ben, you sound like a pop trash podcast veteran just saying I'm, I have a theory and it's based on nothing. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this aired on December 17th, 1990, and it was the second highest watched uh, program in its slot behind Monday Night Football. Oh my <laughs> <So> really? <laughs> it's Monday Night Monday Football night. is now all of a sudden the 60 minutes of TV history, right? <laughs> <laughs> As I skimmed through the IMDb reviews, there was a user review that I think sums this up beautifully. Um, and they said, a truly touching story of a mannequin that comes to life and restores the relationship between a man and his daughter and shows you that you can't build your future while living in the past. Oh, Oh. it's like so deep. I didn't know this movie was that deep. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think I need to go to therapy anymore. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Pop Trash Podcast. Ben, thanks for joining us on this Christmas TV movie adventure. We hope you'll come back and visit us again real soon. Glad to do it. It was everything I never hoped for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you'd like more Pop Trash, head over to poptrashmuseum.com. You can also find us on that garbage heap we call social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode that goes deeper into the universe of TV movies. Until then, may all your Christmas pageants be the best ever. (laughs) 